Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter number 12, and today we're going to look at verse number 33. Last time we were together, we talked about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and what that is and what that is not. Today, uh, we're going to look at verse 33, either make the tree good or his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do come before you. ask that you'd bless the reading of your word today. We ask, Lord, that you'd open our eyes. Open your ears. And Father, may you give us hearts of obedience. Father, please be with each and everyone that's listening. Meet their needs according to your riches and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, here we find in the text, after our Lord has warned the religious leaders about blaspheming the Holy Spirit, blaspheme means to reject or to push away. You are pushing away the offer of salvation. It's the unpardonable, unforgivable sin. He goes on now to prove that these same men who were questioning him were evil by pointing out their fruit. He just points out their fruit. You remember back in Matthew chapter number seven and verse number 16, the scripture says, ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? <coughs> Excuse me. Even so, every good fruit, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down, cast into the fire. Wherefore, listen to this, by their fruits ye shall know them. That's exactly where our Lord is going with this. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by their fruit. He is calling these men out he is pointing at their fruit and accusing them of being bad trees and then in verse number 34 oh generation of vipers now notice once again our lord his tone is changing the rejection is almost final he is no doubt accusing them of being evil he says how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. So application for you and me, how about our mouths? What comes out of them? I guess that depends upon what you're treasuring. Because notice what the scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the good treasure of the heart, good things come or bad things come. So what do we count worthy of putting into our mental treasure box? It will eventually come out. That's what he's saying. You generation of vipers, how can you being evil even speak about good things because out of your heart, out of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. You hear people say, well, I didn't mean to say, this, say that. 
Well, you might not have meant to verbalize that, but out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And he says in verse 36, But I say unto you, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof on the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. First and more foremost, he is still still dealing with the, quote, words that the religious leaders just spoke about him by calling him the God of dung or Beelzebub. He is also letting them know that they will give an account of not only those words, but of every word that comes out of their mouths. He has them in their sights. Do you know there are only about 800,000 words in the English language? The average person, though, only knows about 10,000 of them and only uses about 5,000 of them in their everyday speech. The Lord here in these verses is saying to the religious leaders, you're going to give account for every word that comes out of your mouth, good, bad, or indifferent. The same thing for you and I. We're going to give an account for every word that comes out of our mouths. The writer of Proverbs chapter 13 verse 2 says, A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressor transgressor shall eat violence. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. He goes on in chapter 21 of Proverbs 23 says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from trouble. We need to be careful what comes out of our mouths. Uh, James talked about this in James chapter number 3 and verse number 8 when he said, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil. It is full of deadly poison. Therefore, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith we turn around and we curse men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either vine, figs? so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. We need to be careful with the words. For every idle word that men shall speak, they will give an account in the day of judgments. And by our words we will be justified, or by our words we will be condemned. And then he goes on in verse number 38. Then certain of the scribes and the Pharisees, answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now, you got to ask yourself at this point, what, what do you mean that you want another sign? Are you kidding me? He has already healed everybody and their mother, and they're still looking for a sign? Luke, in Luke's account of this discourse, in Luke eleven sixteen, he adds, Others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven. 
same crew, testing him, sought him from him a sign from heaven. You see, the bottom line is that those seeking signs lack faith or they would not be asking. Now, do you get that? Those who are seeking signs lack faith or they wouldn't be asking. You ever had heard someone say, oh, Lord, just give me a sign. Why are you saying that? Because you lack faith. There are entire religious movements in the world that focus on signs. Slain in the spirit, holy laughter, speaking in tongues, healings, the Virgin Mary on a piece of toast or on a tortilla, etc., etc. You know why? Lack of faith in what our Lord has already told them in his word. One denominational statement of faith says, In the baptism of the Holy Spirit received subsequent to the new birth, with speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance, as the initial physical sign and evidence. Now, look what Jesus says here. An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Why is he calling them adulterous? Because they do not have faith in him. And if you do not have faith in him, then you got faith in the other guy. These guys even place the sign in their statement of faith. Why the need for signs? Simple. No faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Romans 14, 23. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Anything that is not done out of faith, it's sin. Seeking signs to establish one's faith is sinful. Look hard enough and the devil just might give you one. Instead of looking for signs for one's salvation or holiness, we should be looking for fruit. And fruit alone. Paul told the Galatians in Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and longsuffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Against such there is no law. Don't be looking after signs. Only an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Be looking for fruit in someone's life, in your own life. Martin Luther once said, there's no justification without sanctification. No forgiveness without renewal of life. No real faith from which the fruits of new obedience do not grow. The only sign that any of us should need and will receive according to the scriptures is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And to desire anything more is sin because it comes from a lack of faith. God bless you. Hope you have a great day. Remember that God loves you, wants the best for you, and is working all things out for your good. Thank you for listening today. I also serve churches in the areas of pulpit supply, conferences, retreats, and revivals. If I can be a service to you and your ministry, I would love to hear from you. 